You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Rant finish. Let's go to Sammy Edmund. He's a little more balanced. He's the chief footy writer and reporter for SEN, and yes. he's cross all the big yeah. issues. Happy New Year, Sammy. Oh, Kimbo Roach, I was starting to get nervous. I was oh, you, something you, I said, yeah. will they have me back? And to my great relief, we yeah. have been reunited on this. The first day of autumn on the eve of another ripping AFL season, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a bit happening. I'm still in shock that Ash Woodland's going to leave the Crows to go to Port Adelaide. The crosstown rivalry has just gone up a notch. Um, let's talk about some bigger issues, though, and that's being respectful to the girls' competition. Um, Gil McLaughlin, who's going to replace him? Oh. Gee, there's so many huge pillars of the game to fall this year, isn't there? There's the Tassie team, which I'm sure we'll get to. There's the Hawthorne racism investigation, which is ongoing and going and going. The new mm-hmm. CBA, and as you say, the new CEO. I mean, I think this has been pushed out now again, guys. So I know a lot of us, at least journos, you know, those of, uh, on my side of the fence have probably um, speculated for a while that Gil could stay longer again. I mean, if it was up to Richard Gore to the chairman, he'd stay forever. Yeah. That won't be the case, of course, but... Beyond at least the last stipulated exit date, which was round five's gather round in yeah. your part of the world in yeah. April, it's now widely, I'd say, expected, anticipated, believed anyway among the clubs I've spoken to in the last couple of days that Gill definitely stays beyond that and, in fact, well into the year and the season. There's just too much happening. I guess the next big checkpoint for him, for the game, is the federal government, which will be mm. huge for Tasmania, obviously, in early May, perhaps uh, May the 9th. So that's so, going to happen. The federal government will put their hand in the pocket. The Tasmanian government will put their hand in and the AFL will put their hand in. There'll be a new stadium in Hobart. Yeah, I mean, I've always believed and said that I, I think it'd be a when, not an if, when, when the Albanese government commits, which is now around $240, $250 million to a company. The Tasmanian government's monstrous $375 million. The AFL have $15 million set aside for that as well to build this 23,000-seat roof stadium at Hobart's Macquarie Point. So May's the next uh, hurdle, if you like. Now, Gil was in Tassie recently. He obviously promised that $360 million of funding over 10 years, with a big if being if the new stadium is green lit. Now, you might, I'm not sure if you've seen this, guys, but yesterday Gil McLaughlin through AFL or Tasmanian football released a, an open letter, if you like, to the Tasmanian football community. And he, he started off this letter by acknowledging, you know, the long-held dream and how they're getting so close now. But he goes into detail on the need for a new stadium, which, as we know, has been the big sticking point since forever. And, and Gil writes in this letter that Tasmania needs to have a new stadium, a world-class facility that will be the epicentre, Gil says, of a broader renewal development at Macquarie Point. The AFL clubs have made it clear that they won't support a new licence without a stadium. And he goes on to write, Gil, that the new stadium that players want to play at, coaches want to coach at, accommodating the travelling fans from interstate with a fan experience they're accustomed to, would underpin the success of the club. And he says, this Tasmanian club needs to be positioned to thrive from the start and long into the future, not set up to fail. And he makes a point of mentioning as well, guys, that new or fully redeveloped stadiums, he says, were the prerequisite for the Suns and the Giants prior to their entry. He said this is not and has never been just a Tasmanian requirement. Um, 
So he, he goes on to say as well that in recent years, the, the AFL have, have seen profound impact in the new and redevelopment venues um, have had in Perth and Adelaide, despite that what he says was initial strong opposition to those projects locally. So as we know, Optus Stadium, Adelaide Over, where you guys are, have been the source of great pride for the people of WA and SA. So he just keeps coming back to major economic growth, jobs, tourism, entertainment outcomes, and, and the boosting of local industry. So he makes no apologies for that. Sam, let's cut to the issue that's burning in club land on who will be the AFL chief executive replacing Gillan McLaughlin. Can they go internally and just keep the ship rolling as it has with Andrew Dillon? Or is it time that they do open up to Brendan Gale and say it is a prerequisite now that someone who sits in that chair understands what the clubs are going through? Well, I think Andrew Dillon would know what the clubs are going through. Has he worked in clubland? No. Mm. And obviously Tom Harley's another name that's been uh, bandied around for a long period of time who's done a great job up there at, at Sydney as well. So, look, the answer is I don't know what way they're going to go. I don't think anyone knows what way they're going to go. It's been incredibly tightly held, other than the fact it has dragged on and on and on. And we'll, we'll get to the GM of football position in a moment because they're obviously mm. intertwined. Um I don't know where they are with it. Well, what's the greater need at the moment? Can they continue down the path that they've been on or do they need to get someone who's had the skin in the club uh, game recently? I, no, I think they can continue on the path that they've been on. I, I, I think that. I don't think it would be a, a, a disaster by any stretch if they were to go with with Andrew Dillon. Is he the logical successor like Gil was when Andrew Dimitri yeah. left? No, perhaps not. Mm. And, and it's such a... I mean, it, you struggle to get your head around the enormity of the, the job and the position and, and everything that it, it entails. But no, I think he'd be, I think he'd be, um, I think he'd be a, a suitable appointment. Of course he would be. Um, without being privy to the conversations uh, around um, who might come in from the outside, um, we've just got to wait and see on that. I, I think the GM of football role is something that has really um, not unsettled the clubs, but they've been a bit surprised at, at, at the, uh, I guess, the delay in that as well. But what has now become clear is that that position isn't going to be filled, uh, and of course it was vacated by Brad Scott, isn't mm. going to be filled until after the CEO position. So I think it's right to assume, guys, that whoever does replace Gillan McLaughlin, that will be his or her appointment to yeah. own um, the enough. GM of football. Oh, so they've, they've settled, yeah, I mean, they've settled on half a dozen names there. They, they, they developed a, a shortlist in January. Some of those names we know, uh, Jimmy Bartell, uh, Nathan Buckley. Uh, my understanding is Jordan Lewis has been approached as well. Okay. But there hasn't been much movement since then. And, and the structure of it is important as well. So whether they're going to continue with the shared portfolio, which is why they're able to make changes that they're doing at the moment with the tribunal and the like, because Laura Kane's there, Andrew Dillon was overseeing that department anyway that included Brad Scott. You know, they've moved on, obviously, from, from the... From the from the Steve Hawking situation, where where one person had to do absolutely everything, so that that's why they're able, I guess, at least able to tread water in the, in the interim. I'll throw in another name, Darren Chandler, who's the CEO of the Sandfield. We'll just keep an eye on that one as a bit of a smoky. Hey, we're coming up to the twelve thirty news. We're late, in fact, but just a quick one on Alistair Clarkson. They say uh, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Uh, has he had yeah. good publicity recently? Uh, no, certainly not good publicity. Although. I reckon it's 50-50 the feedback on this. From the moment we, we yeah. did the initial story all the way through, at least here at SEN, I, I think it's 50-50 split between you just can't behave like that anymore mixed with, well, journos have got to get what they give sometimes as well and, and mm. for lack of a better phrase, harden up. Now, I'm very much in the former. I think I think society has moved on a long way from, from the sort of behaviour that we, we witnessed from Alistair Clarkson at the start of the month. But um, we've heard the man, and this is how he was privately when he went into Channel 9 on the day. It was... An apology, 
but then it was an apology that sort of morphed into more of, well, what am I actually apologising for? Mm. And your industry needs to have a good hard look at itself. So um, it's going to be such a fascinating watch Alistair Clarkson at North Melbourne this year because one thing's for sure, guys, he ain't changing. No, there's probably a bit of truth on both sides of the argument there, Sammy. I reckon you'd agree with that. Journos don't always get it right as well in terms of the way they approach people. No, well, I think the issue for North Melbourne on this particular day was they had a different type of journalist there and mm. a different type of doorstop. Now, because this was a criminal and is a criminal matter, yep. they didn't get the football journos down there. They got the court reporters, the, the crime reporters, and their method of doorstopping, if you like, quite unquote, was a lot more aggressive, a lot more thoughtful. And uh, and I think that probably put some people at North Melbourne back on their heels a bit on the day. But... Did they do anything inappropriate? Is it is it inappropriate to ask a question of someone? No. Did they go about it a little bit more assertive than what someone like myself or anyone else in industry mm. in the foot industry would have, perhaps? But surely you can't be coming back out and and, and behaving like that if you're if you're Alistair Clarkson. That, that's where I sit with it anyway. Very balanced, Sammy, and very comprehensive. We really appreciate your time. We know how busy you are. We look forward to chatting to you right throughout the season. Good on you, Sammy. I'm relieved, boys. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Sammy Edmund, he's a ripper. SEN Chief uh, Footy Reporter. I'll get your views on that a little later, Roach.